0: Welcome to the Word at my church. I'm Pastor Steph, and if this is the first time joining us, we want you to know that you are in the right place. And I encourage you to share this broadcast with at least three people, because as believers, we have a mandate to spread the gospel all over the world. We are a teaching ministry with a mission to help people Get better by teaching them how the Word works. So get your Bible, your notebook, your journal, your pen, pencil, highlighter, and guess what? Let's get ready to dig into God's Word. But before we do, let's begin with our Bible confession. This is my Bible. I believe every word. I am who it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says i can do by hearing its word and applying it by faith it will change my life so i declare i'm going to share this word with someone so that their life may be better in jesus name amen amen let us bow our heads in prayer thank you lord we give you glory and we give you honor today Father God, I just pray that you just um, be with us as we go throughout uh, the rest of our week. I thank you Lord, for the things that you have revealed to us throughout the week as we have meditated on your word. and Lord, I thank you for those that are joining us on a, on our My church channel, um, YouTube, Apple TV, Google Play, all of those areas, Father God, the avenues that people now can receive the word 24 hours if they want it. And I thank you for that, Lord. Lord, I just pray that today uh, what will be said will uh, give you honor, give you glory. Father God, I pray that it falls on um, ears that wanna hear and hearts to receive the word and plant it in good soil, Father God. And Lord God, I thank you um, for all the things that you're getting ready to do and going to do. And Lord, I pray that you just keep any technical difficulty or anything at bay, Lord God, so that your word cannot be hindered today. I love you, Lord, and we praise you for it all in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now, if you've been with us, then you know that this is the year that God wants to restore the church to a place of greater influence and impact. And if you recall, Pastor Tup told us The one thing that is essential to the restorative or restoration process that we must have some concept of the original condition or state of that which is being restored. You know, we must begin to do as Paul reminds us and be imitators of God, copy him and follow his example as well behaved children who imitate their father because the Bible says we were created in His image and His likeness. In other words, we've got to start operating like He does. Now, I hope that you've been listening to the sermon for last from last week called Restoring Our Tongues Every Day, as Pastor Tuck strongly encouraged us to do. <laughs> I laughed some of the things he said, right? Woo, I said, boy, this word had a new revelation, conviction, and power for me that the Holy Spirit had my lips and my tongue rolling down my street like a tumbleweed. <laughs> well, Pastor Tuck told us that in the book of Genesis, when God was creating everything, we see a pattern, right? God said he saw and it was good. God said, he saw, and it was good. See, God has an expectation for his words to produce. Glory to God. Remember the word says in Isaiah 55, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the things for which I sent it. See, Pastor Tuck told us when God says something, he expects results. So if we're going to have the kind of influence and impact God intended, we must have our tongue restored. He told us in Matthew 12 at verse 36, it says, But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will have to give an account of it in the day of judgment for by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. Now, Jesus makes it plain that all words matter and that the things we say will have consequences both natural and spiritual. Many times we think that all consequences are negative, but guess what? Consequences can also be positive. Well, what do you mean, Pastor Stephanie? Well, the definition of consequence is a result or effect of an action or condition. And so often we allow our conditions, our environment, which would be our environment, to dictate our actions and our actions, our behaviors. Last time we mentioned one of the pastors in our covenant family, Pastor Shun Strickland, powerful woman of God. She shared a revelation on Facebook the other day that was so helpful to the body. <clears throat> she said, every time you think a thought, you release a chemical that triggers a feeling that aligns with that thought. Then that feeling causes you to think more of the same thoughts that create more of the same chemicals that create more of the same feelings. This results in a thinking, feeling cycle that dictates your life. Wow. A thinking cycle, thinking, feeling cycle that dictates your life. Now, you know, that's great when the thoughts are good, you know, when it's all good and create good chemicals that create good feelings. But when the thoughts are bad or not pleasant, it's bad overall, So you have to become conscious of your thinking so you can interrupt the negative cycle that's creating your negative life. Having worked in the field of social work for close to 30 years and now retired, I used a psychotherapy model called CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, where it followed closely to what Pastor Shun shared. But I would like to add that in addition to this thinking and feeling cycle, the process is also affected by one's environment, right? And one's environment is typically called like one's schema or perceptions of social roles, stereotypes, and worldviews. You know, we've said it before, hmm, in the grand scheme of things, Right, And that various environmental factors cause um, issues or cause to encourage certain behaviors. Those factors can be good or bad or simply it will cause obedience or disobedience. So when something happens, it causes a thought. The thought will release a chemical that triggers a feeling that aligns with that thought. And the thought and feeling can influence one's behavior. Then that feeling causes you to think more of the same thoughts that create more of the same chemicals, that create more of the same feelings. Hmm. And yes, thoughts and feelings do ignite this cycle, you know, it keeps it churning, but see what you do with those thoughts and what you do with those feelings and your perception of the situation can cause issues. Well, what do you mean, Pastor Steph? You know, we talk about speaking the word of God, right? Over our situation. So, you know, those things that you believed God for and spoken over but when you see the things that things have not changed or your perspective that definitely um is an affect or a cause of your flesh here comes the behavior you know you sit there and you say i'm gonna be out of debt forever but then all of a sudden you notice that your check amount has changed well Your wages were garnished. Maybe you had to pay child support or back child support, you know, so you get angry and you lay out that person and that behavior has destroyed relationships or you believe that your marriage will be restored and you speak life into it. Like, yes, my marriage is going to be explosive and it's going to honor God. Then you take the advice of someone who does not believe God as you do. And your behavior reflects what you believe. You know, you start being critical of your spouse, you nitpicking everything. And then if he doesn't do what you want him to do, you then say, um, well, I'm withholding sex. You know, girls, women are quick to say, girl, I cut him off. Okay. That's witchcraft. And that comes straight from the pits of hell. And when you're withholding sex, that's a behavior, right? So then when he sits there and he gets a phone call or a text or a message from somebody that thinks he's handsome and starts appeasing his flesh, you're going to have a mess. So see the enemy has many tactics to use the issues that you face or you know, the ones that seem to pop up out of nowhere, right? And that will cause those sinful behaviors the thoughts and feelings um, that produce chemicals can produce behaviors that can cause good or bad consequences. For example, you know, I've worked with people that have had various addictions, you know, and they've had addictions to things such as alcohol drugs, whether they're illegal or controlled, you know, people out there abusing OxyContin all the time, right? Or benzos all the time. Uh, Addictions like gambling or sex addictions, shopping, you know, excessive shopping, right? Uh, Compulsive shopping or gossiping. And one of the things that I always would stress is that you have to make the choice to improve your environment. You can improve your environment by changing people, places, and things. Because I'm going to tell you, a lot of times people go and start addictions to run away from certain things that they're struggling with, those issues of life, right? But if you begin to think in a proactive way, And you begin to feel in a proactive way. And you begin to speak what the word of God says about keeping your body a holy temple, right? You have to begin to change your thought process. You have to begin to put yourself in a posture or an environment that is conducive to change. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, keep your heart with all diligence hmm for out of it springs the issues of life and I'm going to read it from the message Bible It says keep vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life starts Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth Avoid careless banter white lies and gossip Whew. You're Talking about behaviors, right? Keep your eyes straight ahead and ignore all sideshow distractions. My God, can you just take a moment and write at the top of your paper, what are my sideshow distractions? And just write a list because those are the things that the enemy is going to use to try to affect you, to cause you to ignore or, you know, ignore the promise that God has for you. And to affect what your direction, you know, being able to uh, restore the kingdom of God and be that person God wants you to be. In this verse, he tells us we've got to be careful what kind of information, thoughts, even feelings we choose to receive. Because what's on the inside will determine what takes place on the outside. In other words, whatever is happening out here, started in here yeah Uh uh-huh that heart (laughs) and whatever started in here can be spoken with conviction why because what started in here goes up here it fuels your thoughts and your thoughts can fuel your speaking and whatever started in here can be spoken with conviction and has all power to change the atmosphere But when you choose to remain in an environment that encourages sin, that place, person, or thing can halt your restoration process. It can lead to destruction. Hmm. That sounds like disobedient behavior to me. For example, you know, you've been at a job that you're ready to leave. And oh, you know, will you touch and agree that the Lord is going to help me either get my own business or a new job? It's going to be so much better and I'll be able to honor him. So you end up interviewing and you get the new job. That's great. But when you get there, you go into the break room and there's people in there gossiping or backbiting because we know there's a lot of backbiters at work. Amen. So, you know, you end up falling back into old behaviors and patterns. Wow. However, if you choose to remove yourself from a toxic environment or people to get closer to God and heed to the instruction of his word, it will cause your restoration process to have a beautiful, beautiful outcome. Hmm. That sounds like obedient behavior and obedient behavior produces the blessing because in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 11 and we'll start at verse 26. It says, see, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commandments of the Lord, your God, which I command you today and the curse If you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. But turn aside from the way that I'm commanding you today to go after other gods that you have not known. For you are to cross over into the Jordan to go in possession, take possession of the land that the Lord God has given you. And when you possess it and live in it, you shall be careful to do all the statutes and the rules that I'm setting before you today. Whoo, My God, I choose the blessing, not the curse. Right? And again, he put them and caused them to cross over to the, over the Jordan to go in and take possession of the land that the Lord God is giving you. Right? (laughs) So today, I want to talk to you about restoring our environment. Amen? Restoring our environment. See, you've got to guard your eyes. you got to guard your eye gates and your ear gates because you can easily mess up. Simply mess up. Or even miss out on the environment that God has prepared for you. And I'm not talking about the environment, meaning climate control or global warming. Nope, I ain't talking about that, you know. I'm talking about your environment, which can include those who surround you. Your environment can also involve your mind, your body, your spirit, your family of origin, and other various positive or negative influences. As a matter of fact, turn over to Genesis, Genesis chapter two. Genesis chapter two, we're gonna start at verse eight. Amen. And I'm gonna read from the amplified version and it says, and the Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden, otherwise known as delight. <laughs> And there he put the man whom he had formed and framed and constituted. And out of the ground, the Lord God made to grow every tree that was pleasant to the sight or to be desired, good, suitable, pleasant for food. The tree of life also in the center of the garden and the tree of knowledge of the difference between good and evil, blessing and calamity. Now, a river went out of Eden to water the garden. I mean, man, they had had its own irrigation system. Come on now. You know, the river went out of Eden to water the garden. And from there, it divided and became four river heads. The first is named Pishon. It is the one flowing around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. Wow, the gold of that land is high quality. You know, 14K, right? (laughs) White gold, you never know. Anyway, there's pearl and onyx and stones or onyx stones that are there. So again, it has all these jewels. It has gold, high quality gold. Pearls, wow. Onyx stone, all that's there. The second river is named... Gihon. It is one of the, it is the one flowing around the whole land, land of Cush. The third, God I can't talk y'all. The third river <laughs> is named Hedekel, the Tigris. It is the one flowing east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and guard it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may eat of every tree, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and blessing and calamity, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat it, of it, you will surely die. And a lot of times people think when they say surely die that, you know, basically, you know, Adam going to drop dead. Well, you know, death can involve spiritual death, physical death, financial death, you know, emotional death. Regardless, you will surely die. Meaning if he did what God said not to do, yeah, he'd be in trouble. And you know how the story goes. You know, God made Eve and you know, this was the woman who the man was pleased with. This is flesh in my flesh, yada, yada, yada. You know, God hooked them up, man. You know, he gave them something to eat, drink, and they didn't have to worry about anything. Nothing. Guess what even what to wear? <laughs> Why? Because they were living in the original state that God created just for them. Mm. Look over in chapter three. In chapter three something happens. Satan Ugh. Satan appears in the form of a serpent and begins to question the woman as to what God has said. Type in the comments here comes the situation. Now, Genesis 3, starting at verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle and crafty than any living creature of the field, which the Lord had made. And he, Satan, came to the woman and said to her, Can it really be that God has said, You shall not eat from every tree of the garden? <laughs> now, the reason he approaches Eve and not Adam Is because when God gave instructions concerning the garden, Eve wasn't even there. She wasn't even created, y'all. So she responds with secondhand information. Wow. In other words, she don't have all the facts, right? So because she don't have all the facts, Satan knows what he needs to do to manipulate her. Okay. Verse 2, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the trees of the garden except the fruit from the tree which is in the middle of the garden. God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you shall surely not die. Now, God never said anything about touching it. Nah. But the problem is because she believes that God said not to touch it if she touches it, excuse me, if she touches it and doesn't die, she'll think maybe, oh yeah, I can eat it. So if I touch it and I don't die, hmm, I can eat it. So again, there was the situation. Then she had a thought that came from information that wasn't reliable so her thoughts were skewed the feeling came out where she was like well hmm, I don't have to you know I don't have, I won't die if I touch it so you know let me go ahead and just doubt everything and you know go ahead and just try it and then the behavior came right so you know it's so important that you have to get the word for yourself because if you don't know what God said You won't know what he didn't say. Wow. Type in the comment. There's the thought. Verse 5. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil and blessing and calamity. See, he tries to get her to doubt God's word because He knows if he can, you know, get her to question that one thing that God said, he can get her to doubt everything he said. Wow. Type in the comment, there's a feeling. There's the feeling right there, doubt, okay? Verse six. And when the woman saw that the tree was suitable, pleasant for food and that it was delightful to look at and and a tree to be desired in order to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate and she gave some to her husband and he ate. Wow. See, the enemy distorted the environment from its original state. And because the thoughts and feelings produce disobedient chemicals, cause we all know, yeah, you know, y'all know sin feels good to our flesh. That's why we sin, you know, and it went right into disobedient behavior. Verse seven, it says, then the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made apron-like girdles. Type in the comments, there's the behavior. Wow. The behavior resulted in an outcome that God did not want for them. God didn't want for them, period. Verse eight, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to Adam and said, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Mm. So as a result of the situation that happened, the thought that developed, the feeling that happened, and then the disobedient behavior, Satan was successful in blowing up their spot. Because that original place in the Garden of Eden, again, that was a good place to be. They didn't have to worry about nothing, right? Verse 24. So God drove out the man. And he placed at the east of the garden of Eden, the cherubim and a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep guard, keep and guard the way to the tree of life. So I jumped down to verse 24. I meant to say that 10 all the way down to 24 y'all. So God drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden, the cherubim. And a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep and guard the way to the tree of life. So the fall of man, it caused the separation from God. And God made sure that the environment would be protected. I mean, come on. He had a cherubim that guarded it with a flaming sword turned in every way. Right, God made sure that the environment would be protected. However, because of Adam and Eve being beguiled by the serpent to this day, we can look back and see the blight and decay in areas of our lives that can be restored through getting to know Jesus. Because John 1 and 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God himself. Now, I can hear you saying, okay, Pastor Steph, you know, I got it. I got it. I hear you. When you say, restoring our environment, we want to get back to the original state that God created for us. But how? Well, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Restoration in the Bible is synonymous with healing, repairing, returning to a previous state of being. Now, anybody watch HGTV? You know, it's basically, you know, homes and garden television shows. Well, there's a show that I love and it's called Love It or List It, right? So basically, they're restoring a house, and typically it's the house that they want to move out of. You know, either the house is too small, or doesn't have enough um, storage, or you know, maybe they have old um, cabinets or utilities. So you know, they want to look for some place that's bigger, or maybe they want to, you know, uh, what is it downsize so they don't have to do a lot of things around the house, right? But through this process, they are restoring the old house. So by doing that, you have to take out the damage. You have to take out the damage and areas that are fragile. And you must protect them from the elements. You know, you tear down the old home all the way down to the foundation. You know, I hear a lot of people say, yeah, that foundation, that house has good bones. You know, it's good to have a house that got good bones. Meaning the foundation is strong. And renovate it to the point that it's restored to what's even better than the former state. The family ends up loving it and they don't want to give it up. You know, they, they, they begin to see the true value of the home and they didn't see it at first until restoration began. And they come up with sometimes unexpected snags, you know. For example, maybe they dig all the way down to the foundation and all of a sudden they see a whole slew of termites, you know. Those snags can get you. Or maybe something's happened with the um, electrical system. You know, maybe it's outdated and a fire hazard. hazard. But see, with those unexpected snags, they could fall prey to thoughts and feelings that make the restoration process useless. And many times people like to hold on to stuff. You know, they talk about that. They want the house renovated, but they want to hold on to things that aren't beneficial to the house. That's not going to improve the value of the house. Right? So they have to leave some things behind. And guess what? When we're going through the restoration process, sometimes it may take a while and sometimes it may not. But there are going to be things that are unexpected that come up and we can't sit there and speak against what God says. We can't sit there and then begin to doubt and fall prey to thoughts and feelings that make the whole restoration process that we're going through useless. We can't do that. And there are some things, y'all, you're going to have to leave behind. Period. Type in the comments. Leave it behind. And what I mean by that, you know, anything. Leave it behind. Anything that's not of God. Any situation. You know. If you're in an abusive relationship, that's not of God. Leave it behind. You know, if you have thoughts that you just want to give up and, you know, do something and harm yourself that's not of God. Feelings like, you know, jealousy and envy. Guess what? That's not of God either. And behaviors, you know, if you're sitting there feeling envy and jealousy, and then you get, um, you lust after somebody else's, uh, husband or somebody else's partner, you know, guess what? That's not of God. So you must leave things behind. So let me help you. Let's look at the book of Genesis and we're going to go to verse 12. Genesis 12 verse, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 12, verse one. There we go. (laughs) Genesis chapter 12, verse one. And I'm going to read from the easy version, easy to read version. It says, the Lord has said to Abram, leave your country and the people of your father's family. So he said, y'all, look, Abram, you need to leave Craig and them. Leave Uncle June, Bug, and Uncle Uncle Joe, and Aunt Mamie, all that. Leave them behind, right? And he said, go to the land that I will show you. I will cause your descendants to become a great nation. I will bless you. Everyone will know your name. You will bring my blessing to other people glory to God. I will bless those people who bless you, but I will curse anyone who insults you through you. I will bless all the families on, of people on the earth. Wow. So, you know, God told Abram, look, you got to leave. You got to leave where you're at and, and listen to me, be obedient to me and follow my instruction. And when he did, God changed his name to Abraham and he became the father of many nations and was the beginning of the lineage of Christ. I mean, come on now, can you not beat that? Right? Generations of blessings because he decided to heed to the situation that he was in listening to the instruction of God. So the thought was, I need to get up out of here because God said so. (laughs) The feeling, you know, maybe he was a little, little nervous, you know, again, he was leaving everything, right? But because he loved God and he knew God gave him a command, the feeling was, I need to listen. You know, the feeling was, I got to be anticipating the greatness, you know, and then the behavior was, he left. Okay. So I told you, restoration in the Bible, it's synonymous with healing. Whew. How many need healing, right? Mm-hmm. Repairing. Returning to a previous state of being. So there are some steps to restoring your environment. The first one is revelation. You know, you got to realize, okay, and admit, hmm there's some things in my life I got to restore the way I've been trying to do things has not been working. I want to go back to the previous state that God intended for me, where I follow his instructions, where I read his word. I speak what his word says, right? And look in the word instead of being condemned by the word, Give God praise for that correction, right? Because the revelation, the, the, the acknowledgement that I got to change is, is just awesome. So revelation in Psalm 119 verse 18, it says, open my eyes to see wonderful things in your word. Huh? So how are you going to see wonderful things in your word if you don't open your word? how are you going to see wonderful things in your word if you don't tune in? You know, it's important that you spend time in the word of God. Number two, remove. Remove anyone or anything that contaminates your environment. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, And we're going to look at verse 17, 2 Corinthians 6, verse 17. And it says, therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. You got to come out from some folk. You got to separate yourself from some folk. You know, as I was um, studying this, I began to think about some of the choices that uh, Pastor Tuck and I had to make. Um, especially when we had our children and, you know, some of the choices we made may not have seemed popular to, to the ones that we knew, um, you know, cause we had as every family, you know, we have stuff that, um, ain't always good, you know, and we didn't want our children to be exposed to certain things cause you got to protect them. You know, you got to shield them from certain environments that can um, impart behaviors that aren't healthy. So, you know, as a result of shielding them, as a result of covering them, we had to remove ourselves from certain situations. We had to come out from among them and be separate. Now, did we think that we were better than others? No. No. But you know how folk are. As soon as you try to do something to better yourself and you move away from them, all of a sudden they're going to be like, Oh, Stephanie, she acting funny. I don't know what's wrong with him. Okay? Or her. So, you know, there's things that you have to do that may not appear to be popular to others or to the world. But guess what? As Pastor Tuck says, they're going to have to kick rocks. And as a result of them kicking rocks, you know, y'all see the fruit of the things that we've done with our children. Now, granted, you know, the girls, they have things that they deal with and, and, and trust me, they have some things that ain't a hundred percent perfect y'all, but they are a whole heck of a lot better as a result of us shielding them as a result of, you know, covering them so that the environment can be restored because we did not want to carry on the things that we were exposed to, to them. Amen. So you got to remove yourself from anything or anyone that contaminates your environment. Number three, renew. Let's look at Romans 12 starting at verse, verse one and I'm gonna read from the new living translation. And it says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Wow. Mm, That's all it takes. Changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect man. So that thinking, feeling cycle, you know, you got to change the way you think. You got to believe what God has told you. You got to believe what God said. You got to believe what you think based upon the word of God. And as you go through that, you begin to feel certain ways. And as you renew yourself, you go, wow, my behavior's different. And then you look around and you're restoring your environment number 4 revive turn to first john 1 first john 1 chap, gosh first john chapter 1 verse 9 amen it says if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Woo. Man, you talk about restoration. My God. You talk about restoring our environment. My Lord. Because we know the, the, the wages of sin is death. You know. And it says if we confess our sins. Meaning we can confess it to him. We can confess it to an accountability partner. And that has to be someone that believes like you, y'all, you know, just don't confess it to just anybody, right? Or a babe in Christ that can't handle certain things that God revealed to you. Right. But the good thing is, is when you confess those sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You want to be revived. So again, you think about, um, the show level it or listed, right? So they may have had some cabinets that were probably put up in the 70s. You know, they are looking all kind of orangey and, di- and dingy and, you know, the handles were outdated. So, you know, it was, it was dirty. <laughs> it didn't look good, but they took the time to cleanse those shelves, to cleanse those, uh, cabinets and it was restored, it was revived. The colors were brought back out. The wood was a different texture. You know, it caused this revival within that house. So we want the same revival within our house. You know, we want that same revival so that we can restore our environment to what God has prepared for us in the original state. Number five, reconcile first Peter chapter four, verse eight. And it says above all things have intense, unfailing love for one another. For love covers a multitude of sins. And the amplified version says forgives and disregards the offenses of others. Hmm. So, you know, reconcile. Reconciliation. There's a lot of people that have been hurt, um, by family, been hurt by, you know, people they grew up with. Um, there have been people that have been direct, their thoughts have been directed by, uh, you know, their flesh, causing various situations to happen, causing thoughts that are fueled through the flesh. And feelings that come out as a result of the flesh and behaviors that lead straight to sin. So, you know, yeah, there are going to be people that are going to do things that hurt you. But, sometimes you have to step back and objectively look at someone. Thank God, God looked at us differently. Praise the Lord. And that love covers a multitude of those sins. Okay, now I'm not saying you don't supposed to repent. You know, we all are supposed to repent, especially when we have um, sinned against God, you know, but God loved us so much that he gave us Jesus. My, my, my. And that type of love, because Jesus died for us on Calvary's cross, it had covered the multitude of sins that we have done that may come up that we're going to do. Um, But, you know, it's important to have that love like Christ did, the love like God did, so that you can have that unfailing love for one another and be able to forgive and disregard those offenses. Because if you carry offense, and y'all know I talk about that all the time, offense is a stumbling block. So if you carry those offenses into the environment that you think you're trying to restore, then guess what? There's going to be some unexpected issues that pop up. Right? Remember, like I said with that house, termites. Okay? Now, number six, repent. Repent. Change your way of thinking. So turn to Acts, the book of Acts 3. Verse 19, Acts chapter 3, verse 19. The Amplified says, So repent, change your mind and purpose, turn around and return to God, that your sins, glory to God, may be erased, blotted out, wiped clean. That times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Man, who wouldn't want to repent? Now, did it say, repent and go beat you up, beat yourself up with a guilty stick? No, it said, change your mind and your purpose. Step back and think, you know, what is my purpose? What would I like to restore? How is restoring my environment going to impact my purpose, the purpose of my family, the purpose of my life, and how I affect others? Hmm? And by, you know, repenting, being, you know, godly, sorry, but then moving on and changing your way of thinking can cause this change of your thoughts, this change of your feelings, based upon what the situation is. And it can change your behavior to produce a positive, a godly, a good outcome that ultimately affects your entire environment, everything that is attached to you. Glory to God. So again, The steps to restoration or the steps to restoring our environment is revelation, removal or remove, renew, revive, reconcile, and repent. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. You know, I pray that you all really got something out of this today. You know, I I know just even listening to what pastor was talking about last week about restoring our tongue and listening to it every day. I heard something different and something new every day. So, you know, again, we speak the word of God. You know, we want to be obedient. We want to be like Adam and Eve was when they first were placed in the garden of Eden, you know. We want to be free of stuff and aggravations and those type of things. But we know that we deal with an adversary. We deal with that serpent called Satan, you know, and even though we have made a choice of speaking different or, you know, reading the word and trying to be different. But if you are in an environment that doesn't believe like you, that doesn't support you trying to make a change that doesn't embrace where you're going. Um, An environment that is uh, a breeding place for sin. <laughs> like the very thing that you're trying to get over. You remember like I was talking about addiction, right? You know, like addiction to sex. And then the next thing you know, you're in an environment where there are multiple people there that don't mind the hookup. Okay, they get the hookup and the next thing you know, you're in an entangled, an entanglement, right? An entangled situation that causes your behaviors to just fall prey to sin. Man, when if you look at it from God's perspective, the original state that he wants you to be in, right? He doesn't want you to destroy your body through different things. He wants you to live. He wants you to experience the blessing. He wants you to be able to live beyond the curse. Right? He wants us to, you know, go back to eating and live on top of the world. You know, he wants us to live that life that is the Zoe life. That's that good life. Huh? Living our best life. And the way to do it is at times we have to step back and take a realistic view of things that haven't gone right or, uh, behaviors that you've tried, thoughts and feelings that come along with it and it just ain't working. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those are the particular environmental factors that you must change in order to restore your environment. Praise God. Again, at my church, we just want you to understand how the word works. And we know there's so much godly potential in you. We know this. And we give God praise for that because, you know, we get to see that. So, you know, if you're sitting there and you're starting to think about all the environmental things that you um, are trying to change so that you can restore yourself back to the original state that God intended for you to have. And you go, how do I get to do this? You know, how do I do the things like you tell me, Pastor Stephanie with, you know, um, excuse me, reviving myself or repenting or, you know, reconciling myself to God. How do I do that? Well, you can receive salvation in Christ through repentance and faith. You know, basically you're turning away from sinful ways. And that's repentance. And turning to God is where you demonstrate your faith. Trusting in Christ Jesus and recognizing that Jesus will forgive your sins and set you on a path to life with Him. So all you have to do is is believe in your heart and say with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Will you submit your life to him? You surrender it to him that he will become Lord over your life. And again, (laughs) the great thing is, it's simple. You know, Jesus will forgive your sins and you will be set on a path to life with him. Now, if, any of you receive salvation today or you're looking for a church home or just want more information about our ministry, visit our website at www.lovemychurch.org and click contact contact us. Excuse me. <laughs> so again, if you receive salvation or are looking for a church home or just want more information about our ministry, visit our website at www.lovemychurch.org and click contact us. And someone from our leadership team, our ministry team, will be getting in touch with you. Now, to sow a financial seed, use dollar sign My church lynchburg or visit www.lovemychurch.org backslash a seed again to sow a financial seed use dollar sign my church lynchburg or visit www.lovemychurch.org backslash sow a seed because again we have a mandate to you know spread the gospel to the entire world and pastor tuck has worked tirelessly to launch and create our My Church channel. woohoo, man, I'm telling you, it blows my mind when I think about what he, through the help of God and other supporters, have been able to do. So, you know, again, you can download um, or find the My Church channel on uh, Roku TV, on Fire Stick, Apple TV, um, and there's even a, my church on the go app, where it's actually, you can download it on your phone through the Apple uh, play store or the Google play store. So, you know, again, share with others, um, about this, this awesome ministry that God has placed here on this side of heaven. Praise the Lord. And, um, you know, the good thing is with our channel, you know, we have additional ministry, um, uh, uh, Outreach, for example, you know, if you're dealing with addiction, our pastor, Pastor Boy Bullock, he has a segment called Medicine for the Mind. Um, We have the Man Cave, that is our Men of Honor ministry. We have Women of Worth, um, that is, of course, the women ministry that I am involved with. Um, We also have a marriage seer training. So, um, but we also have... Uh, The Akantunde Show, where comedian Akantunde and uh, a lady by the name of the Real Real Donna J and uh, Jason Earls, who is also a comedian and a pastor, and my husband, y'all, they are hilarious. So, you know, if you need a good laugh or hear um, them talk about the, the, the new issues of our culture and helping it to put a biblical spin on it or to help... Um, teach people or encourage people what the word of God um, says and you know how they are to conduct themselves with the use of discussion and humor praise the Lord so again share it with others and um, I am so thankful to have been in your presence I am thankful that you know I've been able to share the word of God with you and we love you um, my name again is Pastor Steph, and thank you for tuning into my church. And um, if you wouldn't mind, just stay tuned for our announcements. Have a good week and be blessed.
1: At my church, we help people get better by teaching them how the word works, and we want to make sure there is no excuse not to get the word it's our goal to make all of our ministries accessible on every smartphone tablet pc and television connected to the internet so whether you're a man who needs some wisdom a woman who needs some encouragement or a couple who needs guidance the my church channel has just what you need simply search for the my church channel on roku firestick or apple tv or visit mychurchchannel.org you can also download the my church on the go app from apple or Google Play App Store. Constantly on the move? Check out the Word at My Church podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Or simply download the Word at My Church skill on your Alexa-enabled device. But whatever you do, make sure to stay connected. See you soon.